Amen. Here, here's the deal, is that we, we don't want to leave the way we came, right? So, so we're, we're going we're to let God change us. The Bible says that if we receive with a teachable spirit uh, the Word of God, it has the power to change the way we think, which will change the way we feel, which will change the choices we make which will change the actions that we perform, which will change the habits that we create, which will change the character that we possess, which will change the end result that we experience. Man, I'm telling you that God's plan for your life rocks. Okay? He, uh, sometime, I don't know where we get the mindset that if we do life God's way, we're going to miss out on something. You, you know, uh, uh, that uh, I'm not going to have any fun. I'm not going to have any friends. If, if the only friends you have are just bent on getting you to hell, I think you need new friends anyways, right? If the, only, if the only associations you have, you have to be toasted in order to get along. Because, you know, I know some of you guys, you, used to, you know, you, used, you had all your relationships used to be around a bottle or something. And, and if you have to stay drunk just to keep from killing each other, well, then you might as well join the church, you know. Because uh, we, we can do that. We can do that and save you some money, okay? Uh, save you a future. Uh, the, the deal is, is, is man, you, you want to grow. You want to grow. You want to become who God's called you and created you to be. Jeremiah, he, you know, he said, uh, Jeremiah 1.5, he, he said, hey, uh, before I formed you, I knew you. And, and I've sanctified you and I've ordained you. It's as if God had a dream about the future. He saw where you were going to fit. He saw the perfect place for you, and he started shaping you and molding you to fit that spot. And, and he, even, he even orchestrated life to, to, to uh, make you, to help you, to, to empower you, to, to position you. And then he ordained you, which means that he has empowered you to fulfill his dream. And God, God has a perfect plan for your life, and running to it is a lot smarter than running from it because he's for you not against you. He ain't trying to harm you. He's trying to help you. He, he, and and he's, it, his plan for your life is, is going to be, man, it's going to be fulfilling. It's going to be great. That's why in Romans 12, 2, he said, don't be conformed to this world. Don't let this world, man, mess with you and make you what it wants you to be. You be transformed by the renewing of your mind and prove to yourself that God's will for your life is good. Prove to yourself that God's will for your life is perfect. It means perfect. It means it ain't lacking nothing. You ain't going to miss out doing, doing life God's, God's way. Hello? God's will for your life. Prove that the only thing that you're willing to accept. You know, there comes a point in life when you have to put your foot down and you just have to say, from this point forward, I refuse to accept anything other than God's will for my life. Huh? Come on. Stop accepting. Stop accepting. Man, when, when the package comes, don't just take it in the house and, and own it because the enemy's trying to drop stuff off at your door all the time. And, and, and the deal is, is that, no, that's, that's not what God says I am. That's not who God says I am. That's not what he says I can have. That has nothing to do with the future that he has for me. And so what I need to do is, is, is refuse that and only accept God's will for my life. See, because the Bible tells us that, uh, uh, that even though we're born again, uh, you, you're a child of God. Okay, you're, you're born, let me, let's go this way. You're born a child of God, but you become a son of God, a daughter of God. 
Right. See, ladies, if we say t- today, if we if we call if we call the girls the son of God, don't don't freak. Okay. Uh, if if the guys are the bride of Christ, then you can be the son of God. Okay. So here's the deal, is that the son of God is a term, uh, there's, a di- there's different terms in the Bible for son, and technon and weos, and uh, in Romans 8, for example, it says, for as many as are led by the Spirit, these are the sons of God, that's weos, that's not just a child because he's, by, by fact of childbirth, it's a son who displays the characteristics of his father. It, and, and see, in, in the Jewish culture, there was a process, and uh, there, there, was a, there, there was a schoolmaster, and, and a son, especially the firstborn, the son, the son would, 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 uh, uh, he, he would go to school, and, and he had tutors, and he had trainers, and, and there was a season in his life when he was given a test, and if he passed the test, then he would earn the right to actually be called a son. Now, even though he was the child, even before he passed the test, he's a child, he's an heir. He owns all of this stuff, but he's treated exactly the same as a servant. The Bible says in Galatians, it says that, that, that uh, immature children, there's no different from, from, a, from a servant or from a slave, except for in the fact that in reality, they own everything because you are a child of God. You know, we've been singing it lately. It's a great song. I'm no longer a servant, you know, to, a slave to fear. I am a child of God. And you are a child of God, but you need to grow into the person that God has called you and created you to be. Okay, you don't just get born again and bam, you know, they, uh, everything's, you know, all golden. And now, no, you got to grow. Hello, somebody. I said, you got to grow. You, and, and well, isn't that what we're doing? Aren't we showing up to grow up? Come on, you're going to show up. Look at somebody tell them, I'm going to show up to grow up. That's what we're doing here today. We want to grow up, right? We want to be who God's called us to be. Well, how, how does that work? Well, in, 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 you know, in God's system, in Ephesians 4, it says that Jesus gave gifts to the church. He gave, he, you know, he gave the prophet and the apostle and the evangelist and the pastor and the teacher for the perfecting of the saints so that they could do the work of the ministry. So, and it goes on, and if you read it, so that we could become mature. Here's, here's what God wants. He wants us to grow up and become mature. Hello? said he wants us to grow up and become mature. Why? So that we would no longer be like immature children tossed to and fro with every wind of doctrine. Why? So we'd have some stability in our life. And not only that, so that we could actually be who God's called us to be, which will empower us to do what he's called us to do, which will position us to experience the results that he's called us to experience. Jesus came that you might have life. Zoe. Right? God life. Life as God has it. It referred to in the Bible as eternal life. And a lot of people are under the impression that eternal life is going to start when we're dead. That's a little late. Eternal life, Zoe life, God life, life as God has it, starts when you're born again. I said it starts when you're born again. It's, it's more life than death, more joy than sorrow, more peace than chaos, more hope than despair, more provision than lack, more healing than sickness. That's God life. And it starts when you're born again. But a lot of us don't actually capture it. We, 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 don't, we don't embrace it. We don't go after it because, we, well, we live immature lives. You might not like it today, but I'm going to preach the truth anyways, okay? Uh, we, we live an immature lifestyle, and God's wanting us to grow up. He's wanting us to grow up into the full stature of who he's called us to be. So that we can demonstrate Satan's defeat. So that we can live a life that actually humiliates hell. 
so that every step of our journey, you know, instead of you being freaked out that the enemy might rise up and come against you, no, you you have a shift. You actually rise up and come against the enemy. See, the enemy has tried to steal and to kill and destroy. He's tried to take things from you. He's tried to rip from your grip what God's placed within your possession. And you've got to, you should get an attitude and say, you know what? I've had enough of that. I'm, com- I'm going I'm to do damage to the powers of darkness. Man, I, the enemy, hasn't he been wreaking enough havoc in your life and in your family and in your home and at your job site and in your school and in your community that God, God's looking for a people who, who will actually be mature enough to stand up and say, you know what we're going to do? We're going to drive the enemy out of here. You don't, get, you don't get a mess with my kids. You don't get a mess with my spouse. You're not going to mess with my business. You're not going to mess with our city. You're, you're, you're done screwing around with our schools. Hello, somebody? And I tell you what, the church better get on the ball. I don't know if you've noticed, but on November 8th, anything crazy could happen. You know, and, and, you know, and, and something really awesome will take place. Shelby's birthday, so that's going to be awesome. <laughs> I love you, honey. People who say they don't believe in demons. Have you seen who's running for office? (laughs) You know, we we need to rise up and be who God's called us to be. Hello? You you, you need to grow up. Look at your neighbors. You've wanted to tell them this all your life. Just look at the guy sitting next to you. Say, it's time for you to grow up. (laughs) Amen. Check it out. 1 Corinthians 13, 11. Paul's writing. He said, when I was a child, I talked like a child. I thought like a child. I reasoned like a child. When I became a man, I put the ways of childhood behind me. When I was a child, I talked like a child. I thought like a child. I reasoned like a child. But when I became a man, I put away childish things. King James. I put away childish things. You know what? Uh, We need to grow into who God's called us to be. Because if we remain immature, well, we end up believing. Immature people will believe anything. They think there's someone that they're not. And usually it's actually less than who they really are. But, you know, little Jack, lumberjack. Have you seen Lumberjack today? Little Jack, he's that tall. And he's got his little beard painted on. And he's got his suspenders on and, and his Lumberjack shirt. He's looking for an axe. He's a Lumberjack. He believes it. I'm telling you, he believes it. Does he not? You know, hey, somebody run and get Bob for me. Somebody go get Bob. Real quick, run and find Bob. You know, okay, now, I don't care how much candy you get, but you are not Batman. See, a lot of us believe all kinds of stuff that's not exactly healthy. (laughs) Just because you got a cape, (laughs) 
you might want to look at your neighbor and tell them your big red S has slipped. You know, look at this guy. I was talking to him in the foyer today, and I asked him to be ready to come in because he actually believes he's something special today. Uh, give him a hand as he gets back to work. Go back. He was pretty stealthy. Four people ran out that side to go get him, and he ran in this side. It was awesome. See, the immature will think and believe anything. When I was a child, I talked like a child. I thought like a child. I reasoned like a child. We've got to have a transformation in our speech, in our thoughts, and in our reasoning. Hello, somebody. You know, when, when, when I was a child, uh, I talked. When I was immature, my speech was immature. If you want to grow up, how about you start here? That you start by the way you speak about yourself. That you begin to speak the truth. See, that you don't use immature words to describe yourself. See, if you think wrong about who you are, if you have a mistaken identity, you will see yourself like defeated. I'm such a doofus. No, that's an immature, that's an immature uh, vocabulary about yourself. You're not a loser. You're not a mistake. You're not weak. You're not defeated. You're not a sinner saved by grace. Well, now hold on just a minute. I thought we're all, you know, worms, filthy rags. Mm -mm. No. You might sin. There's a difference between sinning and sinners. But you are no longer a sinner. Because when the blood of Jesus has been applied to your life, man, that sinner thing, that's gone. If any man be in Christ, he's a new species altogether. That old thing, that's what passed away. And this new thing, all these things are fresh and new. You are no longer a sinner saved by grace. That's an immature thought. That's, that's an immature speech pattern. That's talking like a child. See, because if the enemy, if the enemy can convince you that you're, just a, that you're just a sinner, well, at any given moment, I mean, think about this. At any given moment, you really think your salvation is that fragile? That if you, you know, you go one mile over the speed limit, Well, I hope you don't have a collision because that would be a sin. Because the Bible says to follow the law of the land. So if you can't do 55, you can't be alive. Right? You, you, have, you have to obey all of this stuff. No, here's the deal. Is that you, you have been uh, repositioned. You are now the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. You, you need to begin to speak to yourself correctly. You need to use the right speech. You need to say what God's Word says. You need, you need to confess the truth about who you are. 
Because if you don't believe who you are, if you, if you will take the wrong identity, here's the problem, you see, is that if the enemy can get you to buy into a lie about who you are, man, you just, you just barely make it. You, you know, some of you guys, you, you've sinned during church here. Well, I got news for you that uh, uh, I have overcome by the blood of the Lamb and the word of my testimony. And I don't love my life unto death. And I'm demonstrating Satan's defeat every day of my life. And I'm tired, I'm tired of God's people going through life like they're feeling guilty. They're feeling guilty all the time. And it's messing with your ability to walk in victory. Because God's looking for a victorious people. And he, you know what I decided several years ago? I ain't going to feel guilty no more. I cannot remember the last time I felt guilty. Now, I remember the last time I was guilty. But I just, you know what, I have an advocate with the Father. And if I ask him, he's faithful and just to forgive me from all of my sin and to cleanse me from all unrighteousness. And I don't, I don't walk around feeling guilt and shame anymore because there is therefore now no condemnation to those who are in Christ who are walking after the Spirit, not after the flesh. And it's not like you ain't ever going to make another mistake, but I got news for you. The enemy, the enemy has you thinking, he has you speaking in, in such a way, such an immature way that your salvation is that fragile. So you're worried about it. No, here at 1 John 4, 17 says that because he loves me, I know, I know now I can stand with confidence before him even on the day of judgment. And as he is, speaking of Jesus, as he is, so are we on this earth. I'm going to tell you something. Jesus ain't in trouble with God. So neither am I. Jesus isn't guilty. So neither am I. Jesus isn't depressed. So I refuse to be depressed. I, Jesus isn't broke. So I'm going to walk in prosperity. Jesus isn't, hello somebody. Jesus ain't worried. You think he's up there going, oh God, Todd's living in a fifth wheel trailer. He probably is because he's just so weird. But he's not worried. So why would you be worried? See, see, you got you to gotta, you gotta start speaking what God says. I, hey, uh, you, which means you kind of got to know what he says, which means I'm above only and not beneath. I said I'm above only and not beneath. How you doing? Well, hanging in there. It's immature speech. See, there's greatness in you, which means what you need to do is eradicate that small scared, intimidated, old you. And you need to step into the new you that God's called you to be. Because if you, if you don't put away, if you don't put it away, see, there's things you got to put away. You gotta, you, nobody, nobody had to come to me. You, you know, when I was a little boy, I, I had a stuffed animal. I hauled it everywhere. Slept with it all the time. My mom and daddy didn't have to come pry it out of my hands. There, I reached a point where I just put it away. There are some things in your life, it's time for you to just put it away. Don't wait. You waiting for God to come yank it. He ain't going to do it. He said, when I was a child, this is what I did. But when I became a man, I put it away. Look at somebody, tell him, put it away. There are some things you just need to do. You need to put away that speech because if you, if you don't put away that immature speech, what's going to happen is, is, is you, you're going to have immature thoughts. See, uh, words turn into thoughts. And what, well, what are thoughts? Well, thoughts, think about it for just a minute. Thoughts 
Now, or, or the accumulation of words, and then we begin to, to, to rearrange the words into a specific pattern or order it's so that we can turn a word into a sentence, and then we can take the sentences and turn them into a paragraph, and we can take a paragraph and we can turn it into, and eventually what we end up with is a conversation. But a thought is a conversation that you have with yourself. So when I was a child, when I was immature, I said immature things, and I said those immature things to myself. My thoughts were wrong. Well, see, you're supposed to be speaking the Word of God to yourself. Well, I think our, I think our marriage isn't going to make it. Wrong conversation. It's just the wrong conversation. If you don't put that away, you're going to end up with the wrong result. I, I, I think we're probably going under. I think this is more than we can handle. Wrong conversation. It's kind of hard to find scriptural foundation for looks like we're toast. Because the Word of God says that when the flames rise up against you, when you walk through the fire, don't worry about it. The flame will not kindle upon thee. Or when you go through the flood, don't freak because it will not overtake you. See, that's the conversation you need to be having with yourself. You can't be telling yourself, well, let me, t- let me tell you why this is happening. Here's why these bad things are happening. Because I'm such a loser. Because I've made so many mistakes. Because, you know, I said the wrong thing or I looked the wrong way or I performed the wrong action, so God is now punishing me. That's an immature thought. It's the wrong conversation. Can I just tell you something today? Please, if you don't get anything else, get this. God is not mad at you. He's mad about you. He is not mad at you. He's mad about you. Man, you turn his crank. He's looking at you going, (laughs) you are his bride. See, I said, you are his bride. And, and it's like when David, remember when David in the Psalms, I wish I, I wish I'd gotten this one ready. Remember in the Psalms when David was talking about, you know, oh, God, I'm looking at how you made me. And I'm realizing you're good at what you do. You're marvelous. And, and it's like he's looking in the mirror, seeing the creation that God's, put on this planet. Can't take my eyes off of you. Hello? How's that song go? I love you, baby. And it'll be all right. Hello? I mean, that's if you get... If, if you get really anointed. <laughs> oh, yeah. Why? Because I'm bad to the bone. Why? Because I'm his creation. See, the enemy wants me to take an identity that doesn't line up with what God says. See, well, what would that be? A mistaken identity. 
you took the wrong one. So you made a mistake. You need to put the mistake away. See, it would be a mistake for me to be continuing to hold on to that stuffed animal. Because I put it away, which created a vacuum, which Shelby fills. And she's better, way better. See, what you got, got has something way better. He said, when I was a child, I, I used immature words, and I, which formed immature thought. I had, I had self-conversation that was immature, which produced immature reasoning. My, okay, words turn into thoughts, and thoughts turn into emotion. How many know that your emotions, your, your emotions are really, 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 really bad leaders? See, emotion's going to demand a reaction, an action to that emotion. And, and see, uh, uh, anytime, anytime emotion flares up, it's just an indicator that you need to stop and evaluate the thoughts. Is this a God thought? Because, you know, what happens is, is that, uh, see, because you, de- you detect emotions quicker than you detect thoughts. So the emotions pop up. And, and carnal emotions will, make you, will, will ask you to perform an action, but you, you don't want to act until you know if that emotion was birthed from a God thought or, or, or a you thought. It, it, well, you know, because the action, see, carnal emotion will respond this way. You're going to get mad. You're going to be wounded. You're going to throw stuff. You're going to curse out the window and hope they don't follow you to church. One of my favorite stories is where two people who attend this church tried to run each other off the road. And they got out along the highway to talk about it. Went, oh, hey, how you doing? I won't name any names. I love that story. <laughs> I'm just picturing it again in my mind. This just makes me feel good because I've done stupid stuff like that myself. But when I became a man, I put those things away. See, if you're going to overcome, you, you have to understand that You, you got you to have a shift. See, the Bible says in Psalms, as a man thinketh in his heart, so is he. And see, when you bring Jesus into your life, you bring him into your heart. When you, when, when you receive the mind of Christ, the mind of Christ is in your heart. And you got to get your heart to begin to rule over your head. You got to get your heart to take his position, you know, the inner man has got to rise up and tell your head what's up instead of your head telling your heart what's up. Because, and that's what he's talking about. See, when, when I was a child, my head did all this reasoning, but now I became mature, so I put that to the side, and I'm letting, I'm letting my spirit man lead and guide my life now. Why? Because I'm growing up. Because I'm growing up. The Bible says that he, God sent his word and healed them. 
and delivered them from all destruction. See, here's the problem is that if, if, if you will allow God's word to rule in your life, you'll be delivered from destruction. But if you stay on, in, in a realm where you just don't grow, where I just, nope, I am who I am, and you're just going to have to deal with it. This is the way I am made, and I'm not changing. And see, and you're just all about satisfying yourself. Because that's what immaturity does. I've raised three boys, and I love my kids, and they are awesome, and they are radically different. But they all have some commonalities that are so true to each and every one of us. But there was a place, there was a stage in their life when they were younger, and they've grown out of it. They've matured. But when, but when they were younger, they didn't care what the other one needed. They didn't care what the desire of the other one was. They didn't care what their mama needed. They didn't care how their mama felt. They, didn't, they weren't concerned at all with what she was thinking about all all they cared about was what they wanted, when they wanted, how they wanted, and as long as they wanted it. Why? Because they were just a little immature. See, the deal is, is God has great plans to do great things, but you can't get a lot done with immature people. I'll say, I'll say it over here because these people act offended. God has great plans, a great future, but the problem is, you can't get a lot done with immature people. See what you're supposed to do? You ever tried to wash a car with a nine-year-old? There's the car. There's you getting wet. Right. Here's the soap. How do you wash a car, Craig? Where do you start? The top. They're washing the bottom. They're doing it backwards. They're, you know, they're doing it sideways. You have to come in behind them. You have, to, you have to clean up the mess that they've created. Why? They're immature. It's hard, to get, it's hard to accomplish a lot with immature people. So the enemy knows that if he can keep you immature, then the plan and the purpose that God has for your life, it won't really get accomplished. Someone will have to come in behind you and clean up the mess. But what would happen if we just grew up? What would happen if instead of seeing ourselves, see, here's the problem is, is see, a, an immature person, a little kid, he, 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 he believes things about himself that aren't true. But most of the time, we believe less regarding ourselves than, than, than the truth. See, you don't realize the amazing potential that is locked inside of you. Because, well, it's the process of creation. I have just a minute, so hang on tight. You ready? See, the process of creation. You want to get this because it could change everything for your life. Go back to Genesis and you read the process of creation. Here's how it works. He decided what he wanted. He decided where he wanted to come from. He spoke to what he wanted to come from. What he spoke came out of what he spoke to. What he spoke had to remain attached to what he spoke to in order to survive. Okay, you got it? He decided what he wanted. He decided where he wanted it to come from. He spoke to what he wanted it to come from. What he spoke came out of what he spoke to. What he spoke had to remain attached to what he spoke to in order to survive. For example... They're in heaven. They're, you know, they're, 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 there's the, the big three, right? Then they're, they're planning creation. What are, what are we going to make today? Hey, let's make some grass. What are we going to make it out of? Let's use dirt. Let's use dirt. Okay, why? Because we got a lot of dirt. So let's make grass. Okay, so he speaks 
to the dirt. But he doesn't say dirt because he already has dirt. If he said dirt, he'd have more dirt. So he looks at the dirt, but he doesn't say dirt. He says grass. And up out of the dirt pops grass because he decided where he wanted grass. He decided where he wanted to come from, dirt. What he spoke to, dirt. What he spoke came out of what he spoke to, grass. If you separate grass from dirt, what happens? It dies. Do a genetic study of grass. What is it? Dirt. Okay, what, what do you want to make now? That was fun. That was cool. What are we going to make now? Cattle. What should we make it out of? Dirt. We got a lot of dirt. Okay, cattle. There's cattle. How does cattle survive? It eats grass. What's grass? Dirt. I love this process of creation. Let's make something else. Fish. Let's make fish. What do you want to make it out of? Watery dirt. Let's use watery dirt. So he speaks to the watery dirt. There's fish. Separate it from water or dirt. What happens? It dies. Dude, this is... This concept is amazing. Some people who have recognized the concept, put it to work in their life, have made billions of dollars with the concept. You've supported them. Have you ever gone to a Taco Bell? 68 menu items, five ingredients. What's a taco? It's a tortilla with ground beef, lettuce, cheese, and tomato. What's a burrito? It's a tortilla with ground beef, cheese. What are nachos? Chopped up tortillas. Beef, cheese, gagamole. It's the same thing. It doesn't make any difference what you order. It's the same thing. When you roll into, or when you roll into Taco Bell and they say, what do you want? Say, who cares? It, it's, the, it's, the, it's the concept. When God made man... When God made man, he said, hey, we're going to make man. Okay, what should we make him out of? And I know what you're thinking, dirt. No, that, see, human is two words, humus and man. Humus is dirt. That's this shell. But you, when I became a man, man is not dirt. Man is spirit. So when God made man, what are we going to make him out of? Us. So God spoke to himself. And right out of God himself came man. See, the enemy doesn't want you to realize who you are. You are above only and not beneath. You are the head and not the tail. Oh, come on, somebody. I said, you are the head and not the tail. Oh, there is a tail. It's just you ain't it. See, you got to quit lining up on the wrong side of the elephant, my friend. Because there is a tail. But that's not where you belong. Why? Because you came out of God himself. And he's, it's, it's his spirit calling to your spirit, saying, it's time for you to rise up and be who I've called you to be. Man, you're not separated from God. Man, he eradicated that. Jesus eradicated that. Okay? It used to be, well, sin separates us from God. That's an immature thought. Adam's sin separated us from God. But Jesus' blood eliminated that separation. 
Now what can separate me from the love of God? Neither height, nor depth, nor width, nor breadth, nor any other preacher. I mean creature. Nothing. Nothing can separate me from the love of God. Are you saying I'm free to sin? I'm saying if you stay in sin, you're a freaking idiot. You've been given power over that sin. You don't have to live in sin. Sin's going to produce a result that's carnal. But God's got a result for you that is life-giving. If you are led by the Spirit, you're going to have life. You're going to have peace. You don't have to live defeated. You can live victorious. Why? You came out of God himself. And that's what David was recognizing when he was looking in the mirror going, Can't take my eyes off of you. Do you know who I am? I'm the son of God. You're a son of God. You're a daughter of God. Man, you're not intimidated by hell. You're intimidating to hell. You have the ability not to live defeated. You have the ability to defeat the enemy, to demonstrate the enemy's defeat on a daily basis. But you got to put away <laughs> that childish conversation. You got to recognize when, when those immature thoughts come, when that self talk, when you, you know, thoughts, when you're talking to yourself and it's not the Word of God. This is why you need the Word of God, so that you can tell yourself, what God says. God says I'm loved. God says I'm called. God says I'm anointed. God says that I already have everything I need to live a life that pleases him. He has given unto me all things that pertain unto life and unto godliness. God says, and you got to start, you got to start conversing with yourself in agreement with what God says. You know what will happen? It'll change the reasoning faculties of your life. Emotions will be restored. You'll have deliverance from all that destruction. So instead of destruction, you find yourself receiving instruction. All of a sudden, oh, this is the way we're supposed to go. We, we, we can turn, we, we're going to make a left. That don't make sense to me. Yeah, but the Spirit of God's leading us. And we know that if God be for us, who cares what's against us? We, we, know, we know that God's causing all things to work together for our good because we love God and we're called according to his purpose. See, the immature guy, he's living for my purpose. See, here's what I know as I'm maturing in Christ. I know that when I pursue his purpose, when I seek first the kingdom of God and his way of doing, his way of being right, then all that stuff that I used to be consumed with, he handles that. And he makes it all work together. What the enemy intended for evil, God just reaches in and turns it. And it ends up winding up being for my good. You got to know who you are. And you, and you got to grow and you got to say, okay, I, I'm a child of God, but I'm going to become the man of God, the woman of God he's called me to be. I'm on my way to maturity. Because God's got a plan for my life that's greater than me hanging in here till he returns. No, his plan for my life, I'm going to wreak some havoc. Hell is going to wish it had never messed with me. Because now, I'm going to destroy the powers of darkness. 
Jesus is going to do a work in your life today. It's going to impact more than you. See, because the Bible says, if you believe on the Lord Jesus Christ, not only will you have total salvation, so will your house. Acts 16, 31. Believe on the Lord Jesus Christ. See, it's not something you're going to do. It's something you're going to believe. You're not going to do the works of God. You're going to believe the works of God. You're going to believe that God knew what he was doing when he made you. And you're going you're to believe that when, when he says, I'm calling you out of darkness and translating you into light. I'm calling you out of a place of misunderstanding and deception and into a place of revelation, insight, and discernment. I'm going to make you new. When, 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 you got to believe that when you said to him, come into my heart, that it, 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 it instantly meant that you have been you know, removed from that old way of life, and now you're, you've been delivered to a new one. Any man being Christ, old things, losing their grip. And the new, fresh, life-giving life that he's called you to is beginning to take hold. I want everybody in this place, just, just close your eyes for just a minute. Bow your head. Some of you guys, you know what? Uh, we're all going to pray a prayer to get together before we close today. And, and, and today, some of you guys, it's, t- it's, time to renew. it's time to renew your commitment to Jesus. Some of you guys, it's time to, time to birth one. Time to say, you know what? It, it's, this is the day I'm going to put some childish things away. This is the day I'm, I'm going to put some immature conversation away. I'm going to dedicate my life to Jesus. This prayer is not going to be just some, some thing that I, that I mouth along with everybody. No, this is going to be personal. I'm going to mean it. I'm going to get real with God, and God's going to get real with me. This is going to be the beginning of an incredible, amazing journey. And if that's you, while nobody's looking around, I won't embarrass you today. But if, you, if you're here and you say, you know what, Tom, I'm making this prayer my prayer. Pastor, include me in this prayer. I just want to, I want to agree with you. So while nobody's looking around, just hold your hand up real high. Say, Pastor Tom, I'm making this prayer mine. Thank you, ma'am. Thank you, bro. Thank you, sis. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Amen. You can put them down. Anybody else? Just say, yeah, this prayer is my prayer today. Never going to be the same again. I want us to pray this. Thanks. Awesome, bro. I want us to pray this together. I want you to say, dear Heavenly Father, I know I need you. I need your love. I need your acceptance. I need your forgiveness. Come into my life. Change me from the inside out. Give me hope, give me strength, give me vision. I choose to live for you every day of my life. Thank you for saving me. Thank you for setting me free. In the mighty name of Jesus, amen. Come on, give God one more big praise today. He's worthy.